It's the magical economy, stupid. You are listening to the Quibbler Podcast, the Harry Potter book club that's stuck in the 90s. And all of a sudden, a knife-sharp memory came to him, standing on this very spot on the day that he had turned 11, the most wonderful birthday of his life, and Hagrid standing beside him saying, Like I said, you'd be mad to try and rob it. Gringotts had seemed a place of wonder that day, the enchanted repository of a trove of gold he had never known he possessed, and never for an instant could he have dreamed that he would return to steal. I'm Heather Pricewright. And I'm Alex Dallenberg. And we are about to go extremely old school quibbler this episode because we are reading the chapter from Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows called Gringotts. So we're going to talk about money up in here and wizards are so bad at money, with money, for money. Their money is the worst. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's very, very heavy among other things. (laughs) Like literally just the weight of their money is really concerning to me. So spoilers, one of the spoilers being they're bad with money. Also cursing, lots of cursing, and some adult themes. You guys know the drill. This week's adult themes are cash is king, second degree burns, DNA evidence, flagship attractions, and truly winging it. Speaking of winging it, Alex, he doesn't wing it at all. He writes these down, I promise. Uh, It's more of a pseudo winging it. It's like a... It sounds like it's winging it, but it's really from pretty detailed notes. Uh, I can see your notes. They're pretty detailed. Yeah, they're fairly detailed. But that might be the problem with these summaries. I don't know. (laughs) We're going to see how this goes. Tell me, my love, what happened in this chapter? In this week's chapter, the plans for the Gringotts Heights... Heights. Sorry. In this week's chapter, the plans for the Gringotts Heights... Heist. Heist. Why can't I say Gringotts Heist? Gringotts heist. The plan for the Gringotts the plan for the Gringotts heist are set. Hermione is going to go undercover as Bellatrix Lestrange using Polyjuice Potion. They have a hair they took from Hermione's sweater that she was wearing in Malfoy Manor. Also, they have Bellatrix's wand, which was taken during the big scuffle. Uh, one big question I have is how the fuck do they know this is Bellatrix's hair? They've made this mistake before and Hermione turned into a cat. Yeah, we don't want to have another cat situation on our hands because that would just derail the whole fucking thing. Although I guess a cat did successfully make a withdrawal from Green Dots <laughs> once. So maybe that would actually work way better than what they've actually planned. go as, <laughs> I can't remember that cat's name. Fuck. Crookshanks. I wanted to say Shacklebolt, but it's that's a been... whole other character. <laughs> Shacklebolt would be a dope name for a cat, let's be real. So would Kingsley. And frankly. Kingsley. It's been a long year. It's I been a long I don't remember what happens month. in Harry Potter. So remember what we were recording November four years ago? That was wild. President-elect Gilderoy Lockhart. I fully stand by that particular comparison. Yep. Anyway... We've uh, all had a lot of politics this month, so we're going to forge ahead. Uh, Hermione doesn't like using Bellatrix's wand because it doesn't really respond to her. Harry feels kind of satisfied because now Hermione, because Hermione was kind of 
telling Harry it was all in his head that he couldn't use the Blackthorn wand that he stole from the Rando Death Eater, but the Hawthorne wand that Harry took from Draco works pretty well for him because he won it in battle like a true warrior, emasculating his enemy and taking his, like, fucking phallic strength. Yeah, wands are really very warlike. Yeah. That's an interesting thing we've learned in this particular half of this particular book. Anyway, go on. So Harry is ready to just go fucking rob Gringotts already. He's tired of people barging in on them while they're trying to plan this bank robbery. It's a very full house. It's all the people that were with me in this situation listen to this podcast. So I want to tell them that I mean this with deep and abiding love. This reminds me of when we were four months into living with my entire family in Phoenix, sort of early to mid-pandemic. And it was like very comfortable and special and meals were much better than they would ever be in our house. But also it was just a lot of us (laughs) all the time. The togetherness... But now, my God, I would give anything to like be around my parents. So, Harry, you do not know what you're missing. Harry also can't wait to be shot of Griphook, who barely leaves their side because he doesn't trust them. God, why could that be? For a very good reason, also, because they are shysters. <laughs> this really annoys Harry, but, quote, the goblin's long fingers kept appearing around the edges of doors, unquote. Which makes me wonder, why the fuck doesn't Griphook use doorknobs? Like, who opens a door like this? He's just like, eh, eh, you can't see me, but, like, you don't need to wrap your fingers around a door to open it. This, actually, I really like that description because it's such a specific horror trope. Like, I'm watching Haunting of Hill House right now, and the fingers sort of appearing around the, like, door jam or lintel or whatever. I don't know any words for architecture. (laughs) But, you know, the, like, again... This is not a visual medium. You cannot see the things we are currently doing with our hands. But suffice it to say, that sort of like, that slow fingers appearing to know that like something wicked this way comes is a very good horror movie image that I think she describes really well here. But it's a shitty way to actually open a door. Well, cause... he's not opening doors. He's They're appearing around open doors. It's like, you know, hands and then like little head poking in. Just push the door open. You don't need to wrap your fingers around the door. You oh, do if great- you're trying to be creepy. That's a great way to get your fingers smashed in a door. If you've just constantly got your fingers wrapped around doors. That's anyway, true. Grip hook, he's got a door he's got an issue with doorknobs. Maybe they're who knows. In my mind, this quibble was way funnier than I thought, but you <laughs> fucking diffused my quibble. No, it's fine. a good quibble. I just <laughs> it's funny because that image separately had stuck with both of us for very different reasons. You for a funny reason, and me because I've been very steeped in horror lately because I watched Bly Manor and Hill House, and the, like, scary ghost fingers appearing on doors is, like, very present as, like, an image in both of those. To me, it just means ghosts and goblins don't know how to open doors correctly. Well, fair. Because also you would have to open it a little bit and And then then put put your... your You'd have to use the doorknob and be like, okay... The doorknob got me 25% of the way there. And now I have now to I have to theatrically push the rest of the door open Here's by wrapping my fingers around goblins it. Goblins are nothing if not theatrical. We actually do know that goblins are drama queens and kings. Fair enough. It also is drama an, royalty. It's also another chance for her to call his fingers like very long. Yeah, which it's is all, like, it's just it's another opportunity for some weird like unnecessary anti-Semitism. Are long fingers an anti-Semitic trope? I think, like, if you think about, like, the money like changer with their tenting their finger. Something about the long fingers seems like, I don't know, something about it. 
I can't put my finger on it. Can I can't put my long finger on it. We apparently it's a hurricane. Yeah, it's a very blustery night. Day turning into night in Brooklyn. Also, thanks to the end of daylight saving time, night now falls at 4:40 every day. We have no daylight. Our daylight has not been saved. It has been in fact squandered. <laughs> daylight wasting time. Pandemic depression is crashing into election depression, is crashing into seasonal affective disorder, and my serotonin stores are low, motherfuckers. Anyway, what happened in Harry Potter? Well, Griphook is fucking gripping doors in really weird ways that are unsettling to everyone. Maybe that's why they call him Griphook. He just likes to grip. He just shit. likes to grip things. We don't. I never seen him. I I have not seen him grip a hook yet. Well, it's Should hook we is grip, his nose. Grip door. No, hook is just another way of saying he's Jewy McJewerson. <laughs> like it's so bad. It's so bad. So also, there would never be a Mick in a Jewish name. No, so I don't think so. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> so Harry is trying to figure out. When he's going to double cross Grip Hook. <laughs> That's so bad. No, you're right. It's yeah, exactly what's happening. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like, not, fuck, how do I cheat this guy? Yeah, he's like, I'm going to give him a sword eventually, but how do I, like, short term double cross him? Grip Hook's making it really hard with this whole fucking finger door maneuver. And Ron just, in one of the few snatches of time, Ron and Harry get alone together. Ron's like, we're just going to have to wing it, mate. And Harry's like, chill. That's what we always fucking do about everything. Why didn't I just decide on that course of action to begin with? Anyway, the fucking heist team that Harry has put together, I guess we could call this Potter's Four. It's a bad team. Ocean's Eleven, it is not. Uh, Potter's Four wakes up one morning. Okay, wait. I know we're going to talk about this, but Ocean's Eleven, it is not. They don't have any specialists. Griphook's the specialist. They have one specialist. They have and then one they have guy Hermione. who's like, do you need a door opened in the creepiest fashion possible? <laughs> I'm your guy. That's me. <laughs> Heists need specialization. First of all, what does Ron bring to the table? Ever. Ever. Go Cur- on. Courage. Sorry. I don't know. Gryffindor shit. Basically, her, yeah, they've got Hermione and the Goblin, and the other two were just... Dead weight. I guess Harry's got insane levels of courage. I don't know that I'd call that courage. I think it's just foolhardiness and adrenaline. I mean, Ron's golden moment is so far past us now, it's that he happens to be really good at one fucking thing, which is playing chess, and they're probably not going to run into a gigantic anthropomorphic chess set again in Gringotts. The I, Ron's... I the- yeah. The Ron's Gambit. <laughs> uh, I can't believe there's a movie show. A movie show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know pop culture. I barely know Harry I Potter. Mean, honestly, it is a movie show. I can't believe that's exactly what it's called. It's apparently, a movie some show. TV show about chess is like some streaming movie television show is taking off about chess. It's really popular. I think it's chess that fucks, though. Is my impression. Oh, I think it's like sexy, sexy chess. chess. I was in chess the musical. Also, I think calling it a really who did yeah. you play? I was Freddie. Who's that? I don't know chess. The I musical. was the bastard American chess player. That sounds about He's right. He's the bad guy. All of these things on Netflix are movie shows. Yeah. The Crown movie show. Haunting yeah. of Hill House movie show. The Crown debuted today. And you didn't make me watch it because no, you love me. Because I love you and you hate The Crown so I do. much. It's my least popular <laughs> opinion. I think it's very bad and boring. Anyway, Potter's four. They wake up one morning. 
to set the plan in action. Harry takes a wistful look at Dobby's grave and wonders once more how the elf found them in their moment of need. Hermione takes the Polyjuice potion. She says Bellatrix, not a cat, tasted disgusting, worse than Gertie Roots. Ron is disguised as just some fucking guy, like a rando. They just decide to like kind of mess with Ron's features. They use like, they do like a video game character creator where you've got like sliders to like give someone like different colored hair or like a bigger chin. So that's what they've done with Ron. Cause what, what, why would Bellatrix, what, we're all gonna, dis we're gonna discuss the mechanics of this plot later. Um, Griphook jumps on Harry's back and Harry doesn't like how it like feel how, how it like feels having like the goblin on his back. Um, specifically because his creepy fingers are now not around a door jam, but around his gripping neck. Gripping him really hard. Grip hook is now grip Harry. <laughs> and they so Harry and Grip Hook go under cover of the invisibility cloak. They apparate to the leaky cauldron and the entrance to Diagon Alley. Hermione is way too polite to Tom the barman, so Harry whispers it in her ear that she just really needs to be more of a bitch to people because Bellatrix isn't nice to anybody. Do you think Bellatrix is nice to anybody? Voldemort. Yeah, but it's more like... Like simpering. Kind of like... creepy. She's not just like, hey, Lobo, hope you had a nice day today. No, she never says that. It's like, my lord, may you have the greatest, like... May all obstacles... I can't... I can't really do a Bellatrix impersonation. And neither can Hermione, it turns <laughs> no, out. No, Hermione also can't. Diagon Alley has fallen on rough times. A lot of the shops are boarded up. It's full of wanted posters with Harry's face on them, calling him undesirable number one. There's a bunch of just ragged people, ragged looking people sitting huddled in doorways. Some of them are moaning, pleading for like gold and insisting that they're really wizards. One dude has a bloody bandage over his eye and he confronts Bellatrix and begs to know where his children are. And at some point he lunges at Bellatrix's throat, Hermione as Bellatrix, and Ron stuns him. Uh, the trio, I guess it's a quartet now, the quartet bump into a guy named Travers who Harry recognizes as one of the Death Eaters sent to Xenophilius Lovegood's house. Travers knows Bellatrix but he says he's surprised to see her because he'd heard that everybody who was at Malfoy Manor was confined there after Harry Potter's escape attempt. Hermione tries to bluff. She says, you must have heard wrong. The Dark Lord forgives his faithful service. Mwahaha, I am evil. Travers asks where she got a new wand because he'd heard that her wand had been taken in the battle. And Harry, under the cloak, is like, damn, we did not think this through. <laughs> Travers also asks who their rando friend is. So they've given Ron, he's like disguised as, he's. they've given him like wavy brown hair and kind of like, I don't know, a thick neck or something. A beard. He has a, beard. a beard. He's got a beard now. They've given him this fake alias, Dragomir Despard. And he's from Transylvania. Oh, and they say he doesn't speak English very well, but he's like, is here to learn about the regime because he loves Lord Voldemort. So Ron is basically... Borat. <laughs> like, Travers is like, how do you do, Dragomir? What do you think about, like, Voldemort land? And Ron's like, oh, very nice. My lord. <laughs> Can't wait to tell my wife about Lord Voldemort. What is his wah-wah-wee-wah? Wah-wah-wee-wah or something <laughs> like that. Wah-wah-wee-wah. 
Is that what Cruciatus curse. Is that what Borat says? Yeah, he does. I don't know. It's been a long time, but Borat's back, I guess. Well, in in Ron drag. <laughs> also, Dragomir Despar. They're just it's like a really what's the, good name. What's the creepiest sounding name we can give? I like give him? it. What's the Death Eater is sounding name? So anyway, back to the actual plot. Instead of the usual goblins at the entrance to Gringotts, there are two wizard guards who are holding probity probes which check for concealment spells and hidden magical objects. That sounds like a wizarding sex toy. A probity probe. Doesn't it? Also, like, has, it's kind of hilarious sounding. Yeah. Like a fucking, I'm trying S- to think of a... Sex toy. <laughs> These are for butts. <laughs> I just, I'm just going to say that. Harry quietly confunds the guards underneath the invisibility cloak and they get inside the bank. Entering the bank, Harry sees the poem on the doors of the bank and remembers his badass 11th birthday when Gringotts seemed like the most magical place in the world, and he remembers Hagrid's words, like I said, you'd be mad to try and rob it. Oh my god, Harry thinks, that was ba 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 motherfucking foreshadowing. <laughs> Hermione approaches the counter and says she wants to enter her vault, one of the goblin clerks asks for identification. Hermione tries to bluster her way through it, you know, like you do at, like, the fucking bar when you're underage or whatever. But it doesn't work. The goblin says, your wand will do. Harry realizes the Gringotts goblins almost certainly know that Bellatrix's wand was stolen. And to be on the lookout for imposters, Griphook, whispering in Harry's ear, urges him to use the Imperious Curse, which he does because it's fun to do crimes. Harry, this is literally called unforgivable, bud. (laughs) Harry also has to Imperious Travers, who gets suspicious when the goblins, uh, like, compliment Bellatrix for her new wand. Hermione is bewildered at what's going on, but, you know, she accepts it because she's pretty chill. The goblin clerk prepares to lead them down to the vault, but first he tells one of his colleagues that he's going to need something called the Clankers. Also, the goblin's name is Bogrod. Another goblin tells them that him there's special instructions for the Lestrange's vault, but he shakes them off because he's under the Imperious Curse. He says, yeah, I know, it's an old family, and all of them head into a stone passageway lit with torches to head down into the vaults of Gringotts. They also bring Travers with them because they can't just leave this imperious dude just like wandering around the lobby. Harry, once they're in the passageway, whips off his cloak and explains that Travers and Bogrod are imperious. Harry says he's not sure how well he did the curse because he remembers Bellatrix shrieking at him that you have to mean an unforgivable curse and I guess he only sort of meant it. Harry makes Travers go off and hide in like an alcove. So Travers, we don't have to worry about Travers anymore. Do you think Travers dies? I don't know. He might. Yeah, I think they killed Travers. Did he get crushed by, like, rubble? Who yeah. knows? Or, like, entombed somewhere? Well, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. <laughs> Bogrod summons a cart, and they go on a magical roller coaster ride through the darkness, whooshing past stalactites. Harry thinks to himself, this would be fucking cool if this were, like, a ride at Universal Studios. Uh, Harry also thinks to himself again what a dumb fucking idea it was to disguise Hermione as Bellatrix. Suddenly, after a hairpin turn, they rush through a waterfall. They try to avoid it because Griphook's like, no, don't go through the waterfall. But there's no way to stop it. They hit the water. The cart tips over. And Griphook says the water is the thief's downfall. Lo and behold, it's washed away all their disguises. Bogrod's curse is also lifted. Harry imperiouses him again because it's fun to do crimes. And in the (laughs) distance, Hermione can hear people coming. So 
That's bad fucking news. Griphook leads the way to Bellatrix's vault, but before they can get there, they run into a ba 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 motherfucking dragon. This dragon is pretty beat. Its scales are kind of pale and flaky. It's got like really bad dandruff, I guess, after being underground and not moisturizing for like a long time. Uh, and its eyes are milky, kind of milky pink. Griphook says the dragon is partially blind, quote, and all the more savage for that, unquote. Griphook then pulls out the clankers, which they use to control it. The clankers are basically just noisemakers, but the dragon's been, like, accustomed to expect pain when it hears the clankers. Like, they've trained it by, like, slashing it with swords and banging these, like, banging the clank, like, clanking with the clankers. It's very mean. Yeah, it's fucked up. So the dragon roars, but then they clank, and it retreats. And Harry can see the poor beast trembling. Bogrod presses his hand to the door of Bellatrix's vault, and they're in. What happened to keys? I thought you needed keys to get into Gringotts' vaults. Not the really good ones. Keys well, then are... you just need some dude's hand that you can imperious. Or cut off. Yeah. I wonder if you could cut it off. Probably not. But, I mean, I, I don't, don't know. know. This technology does not seem actually very sophisticated. Bellatrix's vault is super goth, as you might expect. It's, like, filled with, like weird like pelts from there's a literal monsters. skeleton wearing a crown yeah come on bones <laughs> <laughs> it's the beginning basically this is the beginning of an episode of bones <laughs> like they which we're still watching booth look at all these uh monsters I, I can't do the i can't the do emily a good deschanel. emily deschanel impression but i can picture them with their little fucking flashlights looking around and then yeah, Seely Booth's like, oh, somebody's like a heck of a collector here, as he's like looking at like the spiny skeleton, and then fucking Bones like, Booth? And then Flashlight hits this crown skull, and it's like, boom, Bones. <laughs> Thank you for describing the shot-for-shot <laughs> cold open of an episode of Bones. So the door reappears, shutting them in. Oh, the door... Did I say that the door disappeared after Bogrod touched it? I don't know if I did. It doesn't matter. They got in. Door vanished. Now the door's back. They're stuck inside the vault. Griphook says, don't panic. It's cool. Bogrod can let us out at some point. Finding the Horcruxes is not that fucking easy. Anything they touch in the vault has been charmed to get super hot and also duplicate. Not even duplicated, just like spawned like a bunch. If you touch like a coin, like a bunch of other super hot coins like pop out of it, which are it actually the... really reminds me of Aladdin. Yeah, it does. The like touch the... nothing but the lamp. Well, and also there's there's a moment when the genie multiplies in his cool song. Anyway, that's what I imagined. Well, anyway, there are no original ideas. Uh, apparently these are called the Gemino and Flagrante Curses. Eventually, they spot Hufflepuff's Cup, which is on a very high shelf. They're not able to summon it, though, because, you know, magic, defensive spells, whatever. Harry decides to see if he can touch it with the Sword of Gryffindor, which Hermione has in her magic bottomless beaded handbag. That thing is fucking handy. Outside, they hear the dragon roar and a sound of clanking. Wait, so the... I have a question. Yes. Why would anyone have a normal size bag when this beaded handbag is the thing? Yeah, I don't know. Like, why would you ever have anything other than an extremely small, magically inside expanded bag? <laughs> Everyone should just carry around, like, a coin purse filled with all their shit. 
I think this will be relevant to things we're discussing later, so put a pin in that. Yeah, but wizards are, I know what you're thinking, and wizards aren't smart enough to do things like that. Wizards never use their technology for appropriate <laughs> tasks. They're not natural problem solvers, to put it lightly. So anyway, outside of the vault, they hear the dragon roaring and the sound of clanking. The Gringotts guards are closing in. Meanwhile, there's just fucking hot ex treasure exploding everywhere because they keep bumping into stuff. Hermione tries to use Levy Corpus to get Harry up to get the cup. That doesn't seem that useful, though, because it's, that's like a prank spell. You're, like, suspended by your foot, right, in midair. Anyway, that workaround, it doesn't work super well. He is able to hook the cup onto the sword of Gryffindor, and, but then he comes, like, crashing to the ground, and the sword goes flying. Harry asks where the sword is, and he sees Griphook lunging for it, and in that moment, he realizes... He realizes that the goblin never expected them to keep their word. The cup is flung into the air. Harry dives and catches it because that's Harry's specialty in this heist. He is really good at diving for and catching small golden things. It's like his number one skill. He's also able to withstand an enormous amount of pain. Yes, the cup burns the fuck out of his hand and keeps like spewing out tons of other Hufflepuff cups, but he's got the original. They ride a wave of expanding super hot treasure, Scrooge McDuck style, out of the vaults, <laughs> which has been reopened at some point, and into a crowd of dagger-wielding goblins, Griphook, Carrying the sword away with him, melts into the crowd, shouting, Thieves! Thieves! Help! Thieves! The trio try to stupefy their way out of this mess. Suddenly, the dragon, who is very upset and confused by all of this, lets out a jet of fire. Harry's like, I think I just had a bolt of inspiration. My first good idea! Yeah. Rowling writes, Inspiration or madness came to Harry. Harry's like... All else has failed. It's time to go full on once again. Leroy Jenkins, Harry Potter. He uses Relatio to cut the beast bonds and the trio climb onto the dragon's back. And I just want to share a vocabulary word I learned while reading this. So here's the passage. With a roar, it reared. Harry dug in his knees, clutching as tightly as he could to the jagged scales as the wings opened, knocking the shrieking goblins aside like Skittles. And on my mind, I was like... Like the candy? Skittles? Like when you spill a bunch of Skittles on the floor? Is that what this is like? The goblins are going <laughs> is everywhere. Is that what you thought? I didn't know what Skittles were. Aren't they bowling pins? Yeah, I did not know that Skittles were bowling pins. Yeah, Skittles are, they're like kind of like bowling pins, but it's not exactly, it's more like lawn bowling or alley bowling. Right, but they're like pins. Yeah, I didn't, did you, did you know what a I Skittle was? I actually wow. didn't know that. In my I mind, I was how. just like, Oh, fuck, Skittles are going everywhere. <laughs> like, Harry's on the back of this dragon. the screen. fucking rainbow. Oh, you stole my joke. I was going to say that. Oh, I had. No, I'm sorry. I had in my notes, you can see it says, taste the rainbow, motherfuckers. I'm sorry. As I Harry didn't is know flying that. away. Honestly, a room full of exploding treasure going everywhere and duplicating and burning the fuck out of people could be a Skittles commercial. They're really <laughs> fucking weird. You know? And then he makes peace with the dragons by the goblins by, I don't know, fucking eating some Skittles. I, anyway, Skittles are an American candy for our friends across the... They have Skittles in... They have... They must have Skittles. I think they have them everywhere. Yeah. Are Skittles international? They must be. I don't know. Doesn't matter what the business model of Skittles is. Uh, no, anyway, I kind of want a Skittle. I didn't know that Skittles were bowling pins. So, anyway, the dragon starts burrowing its way through the tunnel toward the open air 
and freedom. It can, like, sense freedom. Rock is, like, crashing everywhere down, I presumably, onto the goblins. The trio are helping the dragon by using, like, gouging spells to help tear through the rock. And finally, they burst into the great marble hallway of Gringotts, sending wizards and goblins, like, scattering. The dragon finally has enough room to, like, stretch its wings, and I imagine it's roaring. In my mind, this is, like, the climactic scene in Jurassic Park when the Tyrannosaurus is roaring and the, like, fucking banner that says when dinosaurs ruled the Earth is, like, coming down when they're in the visitor center. That's what the scene should have visually quoted in the movie. If I was directing <laughs> Harry Potter and the <laughs> Deathly Hallows Part 2. So... Turning its head toward the outdoor, the great outdoors, the dragon bursts through the great metal doors and takes flight with Harry, Ron, and Hermione on its back. And that's what happens in this week's chapter. This plan is bad. (laughs) I just don't think there's any other way to put it. I like that Harry at multiple points acknowledges to himself throughout the chapter that the plan is terrible. At least the Bellatrix part of the plan, which is... The fulcrum upon which the entire plan <laughs> rests. That's the only thing <laughs> I planned. There's no other plan. Madamless challenge, said the goblin, evidently startled. Dear me, how how may I help you today? I wish to enter my vault, said Hermione. The old goblin seemed to recoil a little. Harry glanced around. Not only was Travers hanging back, watching but several other goblins had looked up from their work to stare at Hermione. You have identification? asked the goblin. Identification? I I have never been asked for identification before, said Hermione. They know, whispered Griphook in Harry's ear. They must have been warned there might be an imposter. Your wand will do, madam said the goblin. He held out a slightly trembling hand, and in a dreadful blast of realization, Harry knew that the goblins of Gringotts were aware that Bellatrix's wand had been stolen. Uh. Like, this is just pretend to be Bellatrix, go to Gringotts, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, leave Gringotts with Profit, yeah. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> with the cup, profit. Which they don't even really know that they're looking no, for the cup. The plan is leave Gringotts with a horcrux. A horcrux. That TBD. A TBD horcrux. Be a cup, exactly. <laughs> no, it is the meme, question mark, question mark, question mark. They're like looking profit. for the diadem too when they get in there. No, they don't know it's a diadem. They just, oh, he's yeah. like, you're, look never mind, for right. Ravenclaw's look- symbol also. It could have an eagle on it. <laughs> it's like, Harry... There's all this hot money. Like, we can't really, like, examine the treasure. It's like he only did the front half of the test. Like, there's no exit strategy. He didn't, like, turn it around to look and see if there might be a back. I guess the plan was to waltz in as Bellatrix, get the heist, and then then just walk out? out. Yeah. Okay, here's what's maddening. Hermione is smart. And Hermione should have immediately been like, you know the last person anyone is expecting to see out and about? Fucking Bellatrix Lestrange. Like, everyone knows what happened. Yeah, presumably it was like sort of, I mean, at least all the Death Eaters know. And it seems like... It was in the news. <laughs> like, it was clearly in the prophet. Ah. 
And to have Hermione be like, yes, it seems very smart to have a person who just got publicly owned by Harry Potter and gang just like wander into Gringotts with a wand that again definitely just got stolen by Harry Potter. I don't, like, what was what? I don't think it was in the think? news, but I think it was obviously well known among the Death Eaters, and clearly it seems the goblins know. The Voldemort regime is like kept up whatever. Well, they've taken over the ministry, so like they have. It seems like Lovo and company have like a direct line to the Gringotts goblins now that they're like running the show. It seems to me that this is like. Fairly common knowledge right. in most spaces that they're occupying in the Wizarding yeah, World. Like, at one point, they're like, well, she's got Bellatrix's wand, so that'll make her seem even more legit. And, and then they like, get to the steps of Gringotts. Everyone knows you stole this wand, motherfuckers. <laughs> and then Travers is like, wait, you have a new wand? Like, all the, we literally murdered the wand makers. Like, that was <laughs> our main plan. They're all dead, guys. If they're not dead, it's because Harry Potter just saved one. (laughs) So not a plan at all. It's also, it's like the same stunt they pulled at the Ministry, which ended disastrously. They did get away with the Horcrux, though. I know, but they also lost their home base and lost Harry's wand and got separated from their very good elf friend and almost starved to death. (laughs) And a lot of other shit. This is the book in the series where you're like, people should graduate high school. (laughs) Just like straight up, this is why you finish high school. Because critical thinking skills sort of happen right through 12th grade. Also, yeah, what were they planning all these weeks? I know. Like they're constantly huddled. They're huddled and like, it's like they're, you think that they're like looking at blueprints and stuff, but... Over and over and over, are they just muttering, like, and then Grip Hook just tells us where to go and it's fine and we get the cup and we leave? Like, it's like all work and no play makes Jack a doll boy levels of, like, what were you doing all this time? Because clearly they don't even know the the first thing about what to expect. Which is, the, yeah, the probity probes. They're surprised by the probity probes. They're surprised by the the thief's lament or whatever. The thief's, what's the waterfall called? The thief's downfall. Oh, I get it. Fall. It's a waterfall that's the thief's downfall. Those goblins are so fucking clever. It's pretty funny. Should I have gotten that the first time I I read it? I didn't get it. Probably. No, I didn't get it. The thief's downfall. (laughs) All our defenses at Gringotts are pun-based. So here's where we get with all of this. The whole series, we've been given to understand that you would have to be a suicidal maniac to ever try to steal from Gringotts. You'd be mad to try and rob it. A, it gets robbed in like the 10th page of the first book of Harry Potter. And then... Pretty successfully. Low-key robbed by a cat. And then a cat robs it. the third book of Harry Potter. (laughs) And then Harry, Hermione, and Ron, in the full flowering of their shared idiocy, somehow get away from the... Highest security vault in the place with a horcrux. This place is not well guarded. It's actually not, yeah. Gringotts is coasting on an unearned reputation. Actually, what you should say is you'd be mad not to try and rob Gringotts because it's not protected very well. They've got the probity probes, but you can just randomly imperious Gringotts employees. That doesn't set off any alarm bells. It doesn't like automatically detect that you've brought an invisibility cloak inside like 
literal metal detectors work better. <laughs> Just like straight up normal muggle actual public high schools in New York City. This is racist as shit, but they are better defended than Gringotts. <laughs> or like, yeah, don't send down anyone who's not a Gringotts employee into the vaults. Yeah, just literally be like, here's what I need. Here's my list. Like, the goblin goes. Also, it seems like... A waterfall is their water is Getting people wet is their defense. Well, and that just also, wipes away their concealment. It doesn't actually stop them. It doesn't like, you would think that if you got, you would get like scalded to death Alex, or something. More importantly than any of that, because that's kind of some Indiana Jones shit. Here's what I wonder. Why isn't that at the door? <laughs> like, why don't you have to walk through the thief's downfall to get into the bank. Oh, that would be pretty too, because it would be like a water feature. Yeah, like why do you, you have to have that at the already front? super duper broken in? Yeah, you are halfway to the yeah, fucking three quarters bo- of the yeah. way. You're past <laughs> most of the normal middle class vaults. Just put that waterfall as the door. <laughs> if you have the technology to prevent people from using any kind of charms or disguises. Why do you put that way, way, like, it's like putting security inside of the safe. Yeah. It's like, just don't let them get to the fucking safe. Like, why isn't this the door? (laughs) Also, doesn't it seem like the wizards with probes are, like, less good than goblins? Right. Well, they're new, it's pointed out. Right. But, I mean, why not give those to goblins who seem to be better at guarding banks? That's probably just some wizard bigotry there. Because they're new new Harry notices. So it's probably Lovo and company being like, we don't fully trust goblins, even though, I guess... Why should we trust goblins to guard anything since they let, like, three teenagers rip off their highest security vault? Wizards are, to a man, very bad the things that they claim far and wide to be very good at. Like, this is the least sophisticated heist in the history of time and space, and it is (laughs) successful. It's a bit of a smash and grab at the end, but also they've got this dragon... They never read How to Train Your Dragon, because this dragon's not even trained. I mean, I guess it is trained. It's like Pavlovian trained. Yeah, but not in a way... It's not trained to guard. No. It's not trained in a way that you can, like, focus and... No, it's not even like a canine unit. Those are the smartest animals in the world. Yeah, like, fucking talk to Hagrid, get Fluffy. Why isn't Fluffy down there? Like, Fluffy was like, I got one job. It's to stop anyone from getting into this goddamn door. Fluffy goes to sleep for a hundred years when you play a cute-ass flute. Like, (laughs) none of these muggle animals also better at their jobs. Muggle people, muggle animals, all better at their jobs. Well, anyway. I love when dogs have jobs. Not necessarily when dogs are cops, but like when they help people and they have very good jobs that they're good at. I love it so much. It's really nice. It's interesting because it does sort of like... I feel like Harry is having this kind of familiar, like, late teenage moment. And this is one of the things that we do have to name that J.K. Rowling does really well, is do sort of, like, an externalization of, like, teen emotional reality. Which is, like, when you're a kid, you think the grown-up world is very, like, organized and sophisticated and well-run, and that there's all of these things that you're going to learn about when you grow up that are sort of beyond your wildest dreams. And... 
you know, you turn 18 or 19 and you're like, wow, it's just like janky ass cruelty. Yeah, we're like, like, everything is just like being bad to each other and disorganized. We elect presidents with a Rube Goldberg machine designed by slavers. Like that kind (laughs) of. I mean, is the dragon the electoral college? I'm not going to say it is, but I'm not going to say it isn't. And yeah, we just, got this ab- just barely rode that electoral college right out of a second term. We got to stop. But <laughs> no, but really, like you, you know, you kind of come of age. The main, I think for me, like the main experience of coming of age is realizing that like that not only do grownups not have their shit together, but like most of their systems are like designed to be extremely mean and pretty inefficient. That's what I've learned from 2020. Yeah, yeah. All of Gringotts is based on smoke and mirrors and, and animal cruelty and exploitation. Yeah. So, ugh, there's rot in every corner of the Wizarding World. Before we move on, though, I know the heist is ill-conceived and the defense is laughable, but did you find this sequence exciting? Yeah, I was very. I mean, it was fun to be back in like a very vintage Harry Potter action scene. Do you think it is more exciting than the Ministry break-in? No. The ministry, he leads like a he leads like a prisoner jailbreak, which is great. Yeah, that's awesome. also he like, kind of does the same thing again though, because the dragon is yeah, a but prisoner. he doesn't do it in order to free the dragon. Like that's expediency, not like good hearted. I got a weird tear in my eye though at that part because I was thinking, and this is where we shout out J.K. Rowling for making these characters seem very real to us. I was thinking Hagrid would be so happy that this dragon is being freed. I wish they could just take it to Hagrid. I know. This could be, like, be Hagrid's best friend. The dragon could retire oh. on the on the grounds. Oh my god, I'm Yeah, cry. isn't that nice? Yeah, that's nice. Or he could go and to whatever like dragon rehabilitation honestly, facility that Charlie Weasley runs. Hagrid should do that with it. Hagrid should not be a professor. <laughs> We've talked about that. But he should run, yeah, like a rehab for magical creatures that have been like put through some shit by the. Yeah, because there's some there's some big there's some big buck beak vibes with this dragon yeah. breaking out and carrying them, carrying them to freedom. This part also kind of makes me mad though, not mad, and I don't want, like J.K. Rowling has all these like underdog sympathies where she's like, oh, this dragon is so like put upon and abused. And when you put people down and abuse them, like, it backfires on you. But then there are, and we don't have to get deep into this, but then, like, in the real world, though, J.K. Rowling puts, like, hard stops on certain forms of oppression and whether she thinks it's, like, bad or not. So, I don't know. Just another, just another little, like... Yeah, I mean, yeah. We don't have to go, we don't have to go further than that, but just a, just the thing I thought. J.K. Rowling doesn't think people should be, like abused but she also has pretty specific limited and very she wants everybody to know their role she's hierarchical and their place and we've talked about that a lot so she would be like we shouldn't just let this dragon go free we gotta put it somewhere yeah that's in control of wizards yeah but anyway we can move on okay so the plan is not a plan and the bank is not a bank no gringotts is at best a glorified self-storage unit Maybe not self. It's full service storage, actually. Yeah, it's, it's not, not self storage, but it is a fucking. It's basically just. It's treasure lockers. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a locker room for treasure. It's yeah. what you think a bank is when you're. 
five. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's the place where you go in a room and there's stacks and stacks of physical money that you take and it's yours and that's how you buy things. <laughs> like, by the time you're ten, you've like fucking seen an ATM machine and you know there's not a guy in there. Or you've watched It's a Wonderful Life and George Bailey's like, your money's in the farm and your money's like being in the... That's true. <laughs> yeah, you, it, it, you... This... Gringotts has the financial literacy of a like, pre-kindergarten. Yeah, George Bailey's like, your money's not all literally in this bank. It's spread out through the entire community. <laughs> so we're going to get back to our good, good roots. Our roots, yeah. And we're going to talk about the wizarding economy because this is, it doesn't work a tiny bit. So a lot of questions. The wizards have an all-cash economy. I think at this point we're kind of... Yeah. Given to understand. And I think we discussed that way, 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 way back. Like right. when we were when we first talked about Gringotts, although we sort of skirted over it a bit. So it's an all cash economy. Not only is there no credit, there's no like debit or checks. We talked I think we talked about the fact that there doesn't there that there doesn't exist any like credit. Right. There's no way but, for the Weasleys to twins to like start a business. But we also I mean we didn't discuss the fact that you cannot all your transactions have to be, like, physical goods for, like, physical metal. Yeah, like, like specie. You cannot write a check in the wizarding <laughs> world. You cannot have a checking account. Like, there's no banking services at this bank. Yeah. It's literally, like, go down, get your actual treasure. <laughs> so, okay, some questions. Just let's talk about some so questions. The wizards, yeah, the wizards have a bank, but they're all technically unbanked. Yeah, there's no, these aren't banking like Wizards products. don't actually have a bank. No, wizards have big safes. They have cubby holes guarded by dragons. And goblins. And goblins with daggers. So you're Professor McGonagall, right? Presumably you're the second highest paid employee at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. And maybe they don't even pay Albus Dumbledore because who the fuck knows what that guy was on about. He gets paid in lemon drops, probably, somewhere in the contract. Yeah, he's, just he's like, got like a, whatever, one of those crazy writers. <laughs> whatever the most whimsical thing you can pay me, and that's what I want. I want Fizzing all, Wispies. I want all green Skittles. So you're McGonagall. I think probably McGonagall makes good money. I would hope she works her ass off. How the fuck do you get paid? Do you get handed like a huge bag of physical gold like <laughs> twice a month? From the Hogwarts vault, they have to... Pull it now, out of the where, Hogwarts vault. Does Hog like where is the money? Like if you're an employer, if you're see your friend George say they have store employees, like yeah, do they have to have a a, a safe full of gold with which to pay their employees? <laughs> and then if you're McGonagall, if you don't go to the bank every two weeks, are you all of a sudden like oh shit, I have five hundred pounds worth of paychecks to deposit <laughs> i guess it wouldn't be that hard because you can apparate but you can't apparate directly you can't into apparate into gringotts somehow you need to physically carry your like actual ton of pay wow so it's like weimar germany or whatever with the, Were you like, like wheelbarrows with, wheel, with the wheelbarrows full of money only it's like money that's actually worth something but even uh, then okay so there's no direct deposit you can't send your money via, like, the mail because people would just shoot owls. And gold is too heavy for owls to carry that much of, right? I think so. Gold, metal is heavy. Metal is heavy. But that's a scientific fact. Yes. Is that good, mo many metals science. are heavy. Some good are science. heavier than others. But in general, there must be... I don't understand why there's not 
fuck tons of petty theft all the time. Like, okay, you know Draco Malfoy. Like, for example, Draco Malfoy, rich as hell. Why aren't kids just, like, beating the shit out of him knowing for a fact that he just, like, has physical gold on his person all the time? I guess because he's got crab and goyle. Okay, but any, like, everyone is walking around with just gold. The only solution to this is the bottomless handbag, which doesn't actually have the weight of, like, it's not like... Hermione's handbag. I know, but it seems like Hermione. This seems like a Hermione special. Yeah. Like because earlier we see them all with like bulging rucksacks of books, so clearly it's not like a (laughs) widespread like wizarding. Yeah. Why doesn't everyone have these like fucking Mary Poppins bags? Because wizards are shitty. Most wizards. It seems like most wizards are low key shitty at magic. Also, pretty bad at thinking. Yeah. It's because they don't learn critical thinking skills. They're only learning... We've talked about this. They're only learning how to turn teacups into fucking chinchillas or whatever. Maybe you should turn teacups into gold. (laughs) Also, okay, so other questions. First of all, yeah, can you like fucking transubstantiate things into... No, I think that's against... Treasure. That's against... Whatever, Gantz. Glamp's law or something. I'm thinking of a Gantz chart. (laughs) Yeah, that's... I don't don't think you can just make money because otherwise... Okay. Wizarding inflation would be like completely out of control. Yeah, except that we already know that they don't think about those things. But there's no inflation because... Because it's, it's just, all there's just like this set amount. There's of a currency. set amount. Okay, so we're gonna get to right? that actually because I I want to know where the currency comes from and that relates to the goblins. So hold that thought. Another question: Is this a universal wizarding denomination or is this just wizards in the UK use the Galleon sickle? Yeah, sickle canut system. Mm-hmm. Because because as I understand it, there actually aren't that many British wizards. Like this is a population in like. At most, the hundreds of thousands. Yeah. I think probably the tens of thousands. I so, think so. Is this like essentially like a tribal, like monetary system? How do they trade? Like how do they sell goods to wizards and other communities? It's just all of it. Like do you think they barter? Because my other question is, Bellatrix's vault is full of a lot of shit, including a skeleton, other than coins. So can you buy stuff with just like treasure? Ah, I don't know. You'd think bartering would be more common because but we don't ever see cash doesn't flow through this economy in like a very efficient way because... Again, yeah. it's just physical chunks of metal. Yeah, I mean, how does it... But I don't ever see any bartering. How does it grow interest? It doesn't. How does... How do the Malfoys... Like, what? what is happening with the Malfoys' money? Because like... Usually, if you're a really wealthy family, your money sort of makes money because you've got it invested into all the yeah. You there's know, no fucking various... capital gains yeah. for the Malfoys. <laughs> like, are they just slowly spending down like a, a physically enormous pile of coins? Again, this is a Scrooge McDuck economy. This is a cartoon <laughs> economy. So, okay, say you want to buy a house. Can you just like show up at like the estate agents with like a ruby and be like, here's one ruby for my whole <laughs> ass house, please. And like who appraises that ruby? Who's in charge of how much that ruby is worth? Well, we know the Gringotts goblins are constantly appraising because when they walk in during this scene, this goblin is like looking through a little, what are the very tiny 
Those little pants-nez? Yeah. No, no. It's like he's looking through like a little... little You know, the little microscope thing that looks at rocks. The jeweler's loop. Yeah. He's looking through a jeweler's loop at a coin. He's like, oh, this is Leprechaun. So presumably there's like appraisal services. So basically Gringotts is a full-service storage business slash like antiques roadshow yeah, like they're appraisal just like on site like, like treasure appraisal <laughs> yeah so do you have to go to the goblins with your ruby and then the goblin are the goblins like in charge of saying how much everything is worth because then in any reality the goblins would be the most powerful figures in this world the fact that the wizards have any power Given the fact that the goblins seem to completely c- control the flow of money. Yeah, well, the wizard, there is like undertones of wizards really resenting that because we have Travers say this thing where he's. Travers says, Yeah, I'm going to the bank too. And, ugh, like money, like filthy gold. I wish we didn't have to deal with it, but like we need it for our society to function. But it means we have to fucking deal with these long fingered goblins all the time. So. Which is also, you know, that's also kind of. Oh yeah, no, I mean we don't need flicking. We, literally, at, it's not yeah. flicking at. It's just like telling you. It's like, oh, sure it's hate like, these bankers that control the world. Yeah. Wish I didn't go have to talk to Shylock. I mean, Grubhub. <laughs> yeah. Good fucking heavens! It's just like beats you over the head with it. Okay, but then my question becomes: So, J.K. Rowling, I believe, would deny the idea that she had created a blatantly Semitic money lending magical race. It's crazy to know that she would say that that is not the case. Or maybe she would say it's a commentary on because the goblins are oppressed. Okay, but take that away for a second. Okay. Why do the goblins control the money? Like, do the goblins mine the money? There's mining. Like, that's the other thing. There's mining carts. Like, are we given to understand Gringotts is also the physical source of gold like does gold come from the earth beneath gringotts what is this i don't know how why this are the goblins started. do goblins own all the gold because of some like ancient treaty i wish we had taken history of magic harry and ron my <laughs> god why do goblins have like final say and like the appraisal value of all treasure I just don't understand how this system functions these at all. must be the sources of the various goblin wars we are meant to understand yeah. have happened like this all must be about the money supply and economics and like they finally the wizards finally kind of beat the goblins into this subservient position but yeah the why are the goblins in charge of the money well and like from whence comes the money because that's the question like I right think because all these the, it's the, weird that there's all this mining imagery in a bank because also I want to be like, J.K. Rowling, do you think a bank and a mine are the same thing? Like, do you think you go underground, tap, tap, tap with your pickaxe and get just, like, gold? No, I don't think she thinks that. She just thinks the aesthetics are dope, which, I mean, they're cool. They they're are, magical. The the sort of mashup of mine and bank is very funny to me. <laughs> I think the gold is goblin made because you can't counterfeit it they've got all these charms on them. right so goblins are They're miners, the, it's also a mint forgers. gringotts is also a mint gringotts makes mines the sort of raw materials makes them i mean it's a fucking monopoly they've got like, vertical integration on they, the entire money why don't supply. they control the world i don't I, understand i guess they secretly do <laughs> i mean that's like the wizard facebook theory 
Like Wizard th- Facebook, you know, is fucking full of just like Gianon or whatever. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck all of it. <laughs> okay, so more economic sort of conversations and questions. It seems that Voldemort has forced a recession with his extreme anti-muggle-born and mixed-birth policies. Right. It was quiet, barely time for the shops to open, and there were hardly any shoppers abroad. The crooked cobbled street was much altered now from the bustling place Harry had visited before his first term at Hogwarts so many years before. More shops than ever were boarded up, though several new establishments dedicated to the dark arts had been created since his last visit. Harry's own face glared down at him from posters plastered over many windows, always captioned with the words, Undesirable Number One. A number of ragged people sat huddled in doorways. He heard them moaning to the few passers-by, pleading for gold, insisting that they were really wizards. We've never seen homeless people in Diagon Alley before. And also all the shops are boarded up, which we knew before because the shops were closing because of the war in book six. But now it seems like even though there seems to be more like stability in a way because the Death Eaters are just running everything, like businesses haven't reopened. Well, the reason businesses haven't reopened is because our understanding of this sort of demographics for lack of a better word of the wizarding world are that most wizards are not pureblood right it's actually fairly rare so you're basically banning like three quarters of your workforce from like participating in the economy you have all these like i mean first of all we know that it's not a particularly robust economy at the best of times (laughs) but you all have you have all these small sort of family-owned businesses and you're like oh like florian fortescue you're great great grandmother or whatever was a muggle and therefore you can't sell ice cream anymore it's like you're it's an i mean it's an economic disaster and also where are the tax revenues coming from for the ministry of magic yeah i mean the ministry is one big jobs program in the wizarding world essentially like everybody does like bullshit work for the government as a way of like anybody having a an income but if nobody in the private sector can work anymore because they're all half not half-bloods, because they're all, like, half-muggle or muggle-born, Voldemort has totally lost the thread of economic populism. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's forgetting to do the populism part. He's not part doing of the populist populism. part. Yeah, he's not doing the populist part. Because, yeah, you'd think Voldemort's kind of missing... I don't know if... I don't know if J.K. Rowling meant us to think that Voldemort had caused, like, some kind of, like, economic well, recession I mean, through she, his, like, shitty labor policies. No, but, like, she makes a point to describe... A, yeah, that's a, true. A class of impoverished people that have never existed before. Like she described, and it's not that she describes people who are like, you know, just sort of hurt. They are begging. Like it's about money. Like you see them ask for money. Mm, you're right. So no, she has very deliberately like laid the groundwork of an economic crisis. Like she's made it very clear that part of Voldemort's like policy decisions have created, yeah, it's a fucking recession. Probably a depression, honestly. That also makes me think of the Travers moment where it says like, oh, I wish we didn't need gold because clearly, you know, he wants to run this like super pure blood. Like ethno state. Yeah. Outside. Uh, but you know, the rules of economics are, you can't just ignore them, you know? So he's like mad that they can't just. Well, but that doesn't 
work either because a big part of Voldemort's promise is continuing to consolidate wealth in the hands of purebloods. But you can't. Right, I know. The thing that is missing here, and again, it's a fucking kid's book, and I know this. But at this point, this is pretty complex world building for older, you know, children. Like, these are these are YA at this point. And like, 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds, you know what they fucking know? They know that money is the more most important thing in grown-ups' lives. Like, the least realistic thing, I think, about Harry Potter, it's not magic. It's the fact that their money doesn't work. <laughs> and Voldemort has no economic message. Like, even, okay. He's not about, even redistributing the money. No, he's not. He's not doing it. He doesn't, I don't know. Think about even, like, Hunger Games. A thing that Hunger Games does really well is make wealth disparities, like, a central plot point. Even fucking Twilight. One of the things that we understand about what's chill as hell about being a vampire is that they have all of this time and, like, education and energy to just accumulate wealth. And there's class resent- there's some class resentment between the werewolves and the vampires because- the werewolves are... Twilight is not better than Harry Potter. I'm not saying that. But the money in Harry Potter is really nonsense. And Voldemort, I'm, he would be successful as an economic populist. Voldemort needs to tweak his message a very, very, very small amount. And it would work. He could absolutely capitalize on class resentments among part wizards against specifically muggle-borns entering the wizarding economy. Yeah. If I were Voldemort, that'd be my message. He's, I would never be Voldemort, but... He seems really shitty at actually running things. Well, we know that. I mean, in addition to... But you'd think that Voldemort would be... Like, have some kind of dark efficiency. But it seems to be... No. Mostly well, shambolic. And the Voldemort message is Voldemort should be immortal. Goodbye. Yeah. The end. <laughs> like, there's no actual, like... There's no politics no he's not really unifying people around a message except for like these dead enders these like death eaters precisely these like hardcore death eaters and that's why that's why he doesn't bring a lot of recruits to the battle of hogwarts like honestly all of these people who are who have been cast out of the wizarding economy by voldemort but are still magic fucking go like live among the muggles and just be like slightly better at whatever, like, muggle job, like, go be whatever, a cobbler or, like, <laughs> uh, an actuary. Like, any any profession you name, essentially. Honestly, you could, on the slide, be the world's, like, most efficient seamstress. Exactly. And make more money and have your money actually grow inside, like, an yeah. index fund or something. I just want to be, like... Your money's way better off in a muggle yo, bank than in Gringotts. Like, if you want your families to, like... And, you know, people... People want to be part of their communities. And I understand that. But economically, I'm like, just go... Right. Just go be a very, very, very efficient... Yeah. The, like, builder. The like, muggle... Go, think about <laughs> it. Like, take advantage of the fucking, like... Of a buyer's market, go build houses with magic. Yeah, the Muggle-born should just be like, fuck this. We're yeah, joining the, rejoin the, the, muggles. the Muggle world again. And, I mean, the statute, of secrecy, the statute of secrecy be damned. It's like, y'all broke our social contract, so we're going to break it back. Seems like Voldemort really is running a risk of having people break that statue. break the statue which i guess he eventually wants to overthrow the statute of secrecy and he just wants to take like, over the world but also would he win no absolutely not 
The muggles have nukes? Well, I mean, that's, again, God, I cannot fucking believe this is where I am. 2020 has been a, just a ride. The Volturi, name that. Voldemort never understands what the Volturi name, which is that we are at a point in history where humans are more powerful than the, like, sort of whatever the creature in the fantasy world is. Yeah, he's basically like, we're outnumbered and we don't have nuclear fission no actually like ro is like uh they could bomb us to shit like we actually cannot be exposed because humans could kill us a hundred years ago no you know ten thousand years ago we were chill we were in charge but now human technology is actually more powerful than like vampire venom and human technology is more powerful than magic muggle financial technology is certainly vastly superior Not even just technology, muggle financial, like, strategy, muggle economics, muggle theory. You can make money as a muggle. (laughs) Because it's not like they're, like, socialists or communists either. Like, it's not like there's a robust social safety net in which, like, you don't, this is not a going concern. It's just bad, old, gold capitalism. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. It's very medieval. It. But it's I think not it's, even, it's like literally medieval. But in medieval, like you had things like bartering. Like yeah. it doesn't seem like anybody's exchanging goods. I don't know. Or how, services. I don't know how any of this works. It's bad. It's broken. Um, who's your unsung hero? The bank is cool though. Um, my unsung hero is this dragon. I wish it got a name, so I'm gonna call it Dragony, the dragon. Maybe we could try or again. Dragomir. Like after Ron's name, Dragomir's, Ron's fake name. Dragomir's okay. What should we name this dragon? It's sad, it sucks that this dragon doesn't get a name. Uh, what would Haggard name him? Maybe Goldie, because he's from a bank. He or, or Scales. She. Scales. That's a nice one. It's pink. Hmm. Pinky the dragon. Pinky the dragon. That's a Pac-Man ghost. I like Scales. Scales. So my answer here is Scales the dragon. I'm glad he or she. I'm glad it gets free. Sure was lucky for the trio that it just happened to fucking be there. (laughs) Yeah, but for Scales, they would be dead. Yeah, Voldemort would have taken over the world because they would have been stabbed one million times by (laughs) goblins. (laughs) Mine is the random beggar who confronts Bellatrix Lestrange in the street in front of everyone and clearly is just like fucking kill me bitch I think you killed my kids you know this guy takes a stand and how fortunate that it is in fact Hermione although it seems like this guy maybe wants to die because uh he has lost everything and it's very sad but bless him for standing up to her the the man in Diagon Alley who yells at Bellatrix for kidnapping his kids and probably torturing him or voldemort took the kids but he thinks that she knows where the kids are fair enough they're sort of in i mean they're canonically fucking i must remind you every episode from now on oh voldemort and bellatrix yeah yeah they are canonically doing it this week's episode is brought to you by gringotts when you're here you're family no not a bank it's not a bank it's not a bank. When you're here, you're not at the bank. <laughs> Gringotts, not a bank. Gringotts bank, asterisk, asterisk at the bottom of the page, not a bank. The audiobook clips that you heard are courtesy of Penguin Random House Audio. They are from 
Jim Dale's performance of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, which continues to be really excellent. You can find us, I don't know, where you find podcasts. We're on Spotify now. We have been for like six months, I guess, or maybe 10 years. I don't know what time is. All of March, we've been there. (laughs) Since March 1st until now, March (laughs) 7,000th. Rate and review and subscribe if that's what you're into. Um, Mostly just subscribe so that the infrequent and unpredictable episodes do in fact show up on whatever podcatcher you use. You can email us at quibblerpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to get some e-owls from you all. If you have any thoughts or feelings, feel free to share them with us. You can also do that on social media at quibblerpodcast wherever you want. We're not on social that much anymore, but we do read all your DMs and stuff. So uh, get in touch with us that way if you'd like to overall uh, we out here. Next time, God, we are almost at the end of this book, y'all. So there's still like ten more chapters left. I know, so but uh, you're still gonna have the Quibbler podcast to kick around a little bit more for another ten years if we keep doing one chapter a year. Uh, every one chapter every March. One chapter every March. Anyway, next time we will be reading the chapter called "The Final Hiding Place." So we'll talk to you then. It's the final hiding place. You know, like the final countdown. It's your line. It's my line. Thanks, amigos. This is Dragomir Despard. He speaks very little English, but he is in sympathy with the Dark Lord's aims. He has traveled here from Transylvania to see our new regime. Wow, he's a very nice, said Ron, holding out his hand. And you'll be using her actual wand, said Harry, nodding toward the walnut wand. So I reckon you'll be pretty convincing. That's a great plan, Walter. That's fucking ingenious, if I understand it correctly. It's a Swiss fucking watch. That's right, dude. The beauty of this is its simplicity. Once a plan gets too complex, everything can go wrong. Your wand will do, madam, said the goblin. He held out a slightly trembling hand. We can't do that, dude. That fucks up our plan. Well, call him up and explain it to them, Walter. Your plan is so fucking simple and you don't fucking understand it. That's the beauty of it. Madam Lestrange, said the goblin, evidently startled. Dear me, how, how may I help you today? I wish to enter my vault said Hermione. The old goblin seemed to recoil a little. No, but you're, you're, you're thinking of this place all wrong, as if I had the money back in a safe. I, the, the money's not here. Well, your money's in Joe's house, that's right next to yours, and in the Kennedy house, and Mrs. Maitland's house, and, and a hundred others. Uh, you're lending them the money to build, and then they're going to pay it back to you as best they can. Now, what are you going to do, foreclose on them?